welcome back to the Speak Female podcast. Now in this episode, I'm joined by Emma Weiner, voice coach and founder of Speaking at Work. She helps women with vision and ambition to amplify their ability to be heard. Winnie Cadet, environmental scientist in the oil and gas industry with a keen interest for fashion, the arts and traveling. And Caroline Doran, who is a coach, trainer and facilitator supporting purpose-led women to step out of the overwhelm and thrive so that they can make their greatest impact without burning out. We are discussing what it means to be authentic, how you can find your authentic voice and we're going to wrap up the podcast with a toolbox on how you can continue and grow and be your authentic So welcome to Speak Female. I am going to start this conversation off with asking you what isn't being authentic. As you know, I normally ask what does a term mean, but I'm going to kind of switch up a little bit today and I'm going to jump straight in and ask what isn't being authentic. And Winnie, I'm going to come to you first on that one. Um, Yeah, so that's I think that's a very interesting way of putting it because we tend to always look at it of in the way that you said that you usually um, start off, which is being authentic, right? But what isn't many times I think is easily described as being fake, but um, I think it's, it's a bit more than that. And I like to think of it as maybe uh, giving in. So not being authentic as somebody maybe that's giving in to certain pressures around them, whether it's um, society, um, just like, family, close friends, um, social media, whatever it may be, but it's giving in to those perceptions and those um, and that knowledge of what is right, what is pretty, what is beautiful, what is correct. And it takes a little bit of, of the essence of the person maybe. So I think I would, I would definitely describe it as giving in. Yeah, Caroline, let's go to you. Yeah, I really, that really resonates with me. And I think that's why I think about this, what isn't authentic is when we put everybody else's needs, wants, and desires before our own. So we're looking at, and that can come from kind of needing the recognition or the acceptance of those people, or it could be what we feel is the right thing to do from somewhere that's external to us. So I think when we put ourselves last and we say yes, when we mean no, that's not being authentic. And I think for a lot of women, that can be a real challenge that that's often seen to be the right way to be in society. And actually it's not being authentic to who we are. Yeah, Emma, let's hear your view on that as well. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think, you know, going back to what Winnie was saying about um, inauthenticity, taking away the essence of a person. If you look at it from the, the vocal perspective, from how we use our body, our breath, our voices at work, people if you're being inauthentic at work vocally then you're probably putting in a lot of effort you're really efforting your way through a conversation you're efforting your way through a presentation it feels a little bit like hard work and you may or may not notice that in the moment but you will almost certainly notice when you come away from that the sense of being exhausted or the sense of relief that that's over or a sense of ah oh, I, I didn't get across what I wanted to get across that sort of that wasn't really what I meant. So you've got, you have this sort of dual aspect of being really tired and slightly frustrated at the same time that 
you know, so deep down, your sort of inner being knows that that wasn't really you, that you were kind of somehow playing that role. And I think vocally that really can come across. You can hear that efforting in somebody's voice and the person who has efforted will really feel it afterwards. And with all of you three kind of giving that kind of what isn't being authentic definition, I can actually really relate and resonate with everything that you're saying. And it is, Emma, like you were saying there, before you even said being feeling exhausted, I wrote the word down exhausting because it is when you're trying to, to be somebody else, it it takes a lot of a lot out of you and, and you're drained and you're feeling tired and and I, I want to kind of get a bit of um, someone's view on this as well, because your true colors come out eventually anyway. So even when you're trying to not be a certain way, you know, who you are is who you are. So I wonder if anyone's got a, a view on your true colors. Emma? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It's very hard to have this sort of mask this facade entirely throughout a, a job or a career you know at some point it's going to slip particularly now that we're in this real age of I would say overwork and overwhelm I mean Caroline you'll, you'll be able to chime in on this one but you know this sort of sense of constant overwork we've got so much pressure to be something this expected like when you were saying this expected perception of what you should be as a as a woman as a leader um as a team leader whatever it might be there's all these expectations now that facade is going to slip at some point and you want rather than it slipping and at that point it becoming a crisis what would be better is if actually we were able to step into our authenticity and bring our whole selves to work in a very controlled way. I think if we were able to move towards a society, a workforce that could work more like that, I think we would see a lot less burnout. I think we would see a lot less, a lot less leaky pipeline for women's careers for sure. So I think it's something that's really important that we start to to look at and address with the sort of with the current working population, but absolutely with the incoming working population, because we we've got to move away from this this sense of having to be something that you're not because it is utterly exhausting. Caroline? I, yeah, I absolutely agree. And because I, I think this is what the exhaustion leads to, the overwhelm, the burnout. And when you talk about true colours, Lucia, I think what can happen then when we're in that state of overwhelm and, oh gosh, I'm so tired from putting on this front, is actually our worst side comes out. It's not the true colours we want people to see. It can be, it's when we snap, it's when we break down, it's whatever it's, it's but it, that is our true colours. It's how we feel at that moment. That's not what we want to be putting across, but the, that's where everyone can take us. So I think they can be, they can be little clues as well when you find yourself snapping or feeling highly emotional or feeling like you're just oh resentful. You know, all of those things can then be little clues to say, hang on, what's going on here? So then I'd like to ask the question now, what does being authentic actually mean? So Winnie, I'll, I'll come to you as I started started with you. Sure. Um, so being authentic, I think it's first and foremost, just being true to yourself. Um, I think it's, it's, it's also a sort of um, self-respect to who you are and acknowledging even the, the, the things that you may not like about yourself. And that's, you know, and, and you should carry that and, and, and live your life with that. 
regardless of what other people may make of that. So being authentic is in this day and age, probably a very tough thing to do. <laughs> um, but then, um, and we also have to be careful, like Caroline was saying, that we don't only bring that out in the worst scenarios. So, you know, putting a front or being not being authentic is, is easier sometimes, may seem easier sometimes. But um, if you get to that point where it's overwhelming, and your true colors come out, and then it's the worst version of your authentic self that comes out, and that's that's not good for anyone. So, being authentic is is what should be done the whole time, so that people get to see the the good version of it as well. Um, but I understand that sometimes it's not as easy, and it's the opposite many times happens. And we we have very good. Uh, I'm sure all of us here have. Um, can think of examples of when they've seen that happen, whether it's with themselves or somebody else um, that they know. So, yeah. Caroline, I'll come to you next. Yeah, so I think it is, it is about being your true self and, um, and, then know, and knowing what that is. I think so often we, we, we take in all the messages, all the cultural messages and as we're growing up about what the right way is to be and it, we can lose what is our authentic self. So I think there's a lot of deep listening that allows us to hear what our authentic self is. So being able to listen in and hear your own inner wisdom and, and trust it that to me is authenticity um, and acting from that place. So it's, but that's, um, so it sounds easy. I don't think it's easy at all. Um, but yeah, I think that is, for me, that's what it's about. Knowing that inner voice is valid and being able to hear it. Emma. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that listening to the inner voice because that, that absolutely plays out in your outer voice. It's so critical. So I think, First of all, if we thought if we think about voice and authenticity, um, let's just unpick authenticity when it comes to voice. Because when I say you're authentic to voice, there's a lot of people who kind of go, ew, ew, icky, and they feel a little bit squirmy about that. So when I say authentic voice, what I really mean is that free, genuine, natural voice that we're all born with. We all have it from the moment we start to speak until about seven-ish. And at that point, that's when we start to get internal and external judgment on what we're saying and how we're saying it. So there's almost no difference in, in the vocal quality between boys and girls playing in a playground up until the age of seven. And then it suddenly changes. It becomes starkly different in terms of how they're speaking, the kind of things that they're saying, the language that they're using. So it's at that point when that external judgment comes in that our authentic voice can start to get a little bit lost. We start to lose it. So if we're trying to find that free, that genuine, that natural voice, we have to align our thinking, because everything that you think will leak out of your body somehow or another, whether that's your voice or your body or your breath, it will come out with what you're doing. So we have to kind of be on our side and for ourselves when we're standing up to express whatever it is we're trying to express. And then that will demonstrate in our body. Um, and then uh, it's you can tell when you found your, your authentic voice, when you feel comfortable and your audience is comfortable. It's at that point where there's comfort between the two of you, that's when you're most likely to be using your authentic voice as an adult. And also it's the point where your message is most likely to land. 
because it, the focus is not you. The, the focus is this conversation that you're having, whether that's with one person or a thousand people, whether it's live or virtual, it doesn't really matter. So really your authentic voice is that free natural voice that you were born with. It's super expressive. It happens when your mind and body are aligned and you'll sense it when you feel comfortable and you know that your audience is comfortable and you're having a conversation, even if you are the only person speaking. As you um, three were giving me those answers there, I was jotting a few notes down and I was writing down things like true to yourself, um, authentic language and speaking, knowing the right way, trusting that inner voice um, and kind of almost I wrote down listening to your intuition as well. And I wonder how what kind of signs do we need to watch out for when we are not being authentic? Caroline, I'll come to you. I always um, I always ask people to listen out for when they're when they're hearing or hearing themselves say the word should. So as soon as you hear should, I then the, the question I always encourage people to ask is who says? I think when we're driven by should, there is something often that is inauthentic what we're doing. We're, we're meeting somebody else's expectations, someone else's needs. So it's just a helpful word to listen out for in our inner dialogue um, or in response to, do I want to do this? And uh, so I think there's something really helpful in, in that word, but also in our bodies. How does it feel? You know, Emma was talking about, you know, our bodies, our minds, it's all linked, but I think you really feel, and if you can really tune into, is this a yes? How does a yes feel? What's a no feel like? And then that will help you to know when you're kind of feeling the authenticity. Caroline, I really like that, the should. And I think I'm going to take that away, actually. So every time I say should now, I'm going to go, okay, who, who's saying this to me? Is it, am I saying this or is someone else putting this on me? Emma, can I come to you next, please? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to follow up on that, that sort of physicality thing. So you can sense whether you're being authentic or inauthentic, depending on where the energy is in your body. Now, that sounds a little bit woo, right? But what I mean is when we're being inauthentic, we tend to have our energy a bit higher in the body. So our breath is going to be a bit higher. There's a huge amount usually of mental chat going on. And those things like should, must, ought to, those internal, external judgments are probably flying around in your mind. So if you're talking, if you're speaking or presenting and you feel like there's this massive amount of noise going in in your body and you're not absolutely present to what you're doing or saying i.e when you finish you sit down and someone says oh, that was great i really loved it when you said x and you have no memory of saying x then your energy was probably up so i would say if you're sensing like everything is up in your chest or it's all in your head when you're speaking you're being inauthentic so when we put the, the energy a bit lower in our body and there's sort of a calmness in our mind and we're present to the conversation, the chances are you're being a bit more authentic. I'm definitely hearing there kind of be in tune with your body, watch your energy. Mm -hmm. So Winnie, I want to ask you a question, actually. I've known you for a pretty long time now, and I feel that you've always been naturally, naturally authentic, naturally yourself. And I just want to ask you really, how, how have you kept yourself resilient from the world that we live in? And how have you kept yourself so true to yourself? Uh, well, first of all, thank you. I'm so glad that you you have you feel that way about me. <laughs> and I hope that's that's what I I transmit to everyone, because um, to be honest with you, I don't make it a, like an, an effort to to be this way. I just I think 
um, I have a, a very good um, level of self self acceptance. I think I think that may be it. And because I've lived in different countries and I've had to um, learn about many cultures and and about just even different sort of personalities and different ages, different people. I think I somehow became resilient to also making sure that I didn't lose um, what my essence, you know, speaking about essence um, since uh, um, that we've been talking about <laughs> since the beginning of the conversation. So, but it hasn't been like uh, an effort, necessarily an effort that I've been, you know, it's not tiring, like we were saying. So I don't, I, I don't, I haven't been feeling tired um, at the end of all this. So I just kept on going. I guess if um, it was something that would take out all this energy for me, I probably would have given in and, and you know, conform to, to whatever uh, conforming needed to be done, I guess. But then again, I also need to say that sometimes I have encountered situations where maybe my authenticity wasn't uh, very welcome, um, whether that was the way I'm dressed or maybe how I've said something that is not, you know, of custom in that scenario and that, you know, um, so I've had also some, some lessons learned. It's not, it's not been just a walk in the park, but I, I don't know how else to better, um, maybe describe how I've had this, this experience in, in being authentic, authentic. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, you know, I want to pick up on something you just said there. There's been times where you've kind of shown up as you are and it, and it's perhaps not been welcomed. And I want to ask the group, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you deal when you know you're being yourself, if the energy feels good, you know that you're showing up, being true to yourself, but then other people around you are not accepting that. How do you, how do you deal with that? Emma, I'll come to you. Yeah, I think that this sort of idea of non-conformity is really, really interesting. Um, and there's some really, there's some super interesting research around it. So if you're non-conformist, i.e. you don't fit into the perceived ideal of, you know, what a woman at work should be or what a leader should be or any of those kind of things, there's there's some really interesting sort of backlash that can, that can occur. And one thing I always say to people when we're thinking about communicating is that we can disagree with whatever's going on without being disagreeable. Those are two very different things. And it's really important that we understand those things. And you can overcome this idea of non-conformity by building trust because all, all our successes comes through relationships. Uh, whatever we're trying to do, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, your relationships within and beyond that industry are what fuels your success. And if we don't have good relationships, i.e. we can't communicate effectively, then it's going to unravel at some point, maybe early on, maybe later on. So being able to disagree without being disagreeable is really important. So you have to show two things. You have to build trust with the people that you're working with and you can do that through asking brilliant questions and listening because if you don't understand somebody else's map you don't understand their territory you're never going to find a way to motivate them to move them towards where you would like them to go so uh, caroline can i can i come to you on on that how do you deal with those moments where you're showing up as yourself and it's not being welcomed 
Yeah, it's tough. And I think that's the thing that we fear with authenticity, isn't it? That 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 speaks to our fear because really being authentic is being vulnerable and saying, this is me, this is who I am, do you accept me? And so if you're feeling a no from that, that that's the thing that stops us. Um, and I think, you know, when, as uh, Emma was saying, if you're feeling it, if you're feeling that there's a discord or you're, you're kind of not being accepted by the group, is, is to ask the questions, be open, be open to hearing, to kind of... Um, to, to focusing on the on the relationship or building the relationship if that's what you want to do if this group isn't for you you can say okay we're not we're not a good fit and you can walk away from it so but I think the thing to not do is to change who you are to fit into that group because that's when we feel deeply unhappy and dissatisfied stressed out and overwhelmed comes in hugely when we when we're in that place where we're trying to be someone we're not so you know, I think if it feels like it's a place where I want to and I see there's a connection here somewhere then you can work with that group but you don't have to yeah, Caroline, absolutely love that. And um, as you were, were talking through all of that there, I was like nodding my head crazily because I've been in organisations and in, in different job roles whereby, you know, I've been in a very male-dominated field. I work in IT, so, you know, what, what, what do you expect? And there's times where I felt uncomfortable and I've been, I've put myself into these situations and I've had to kind of not be myself and now I'm in a different headspace. I'm in a different organization. Um, I do my own thing as well, you know, running this podcast. I'm, I surround myself with people who accept me. And I, and I really resonate with what you're saying around, and, and I hope listeners do too, that if you're in a group of people and you can't be yourself, then you need to kind of perhaps be like, should I be here? And I know I'm using the should there, but that's a really good kind of a, should I be in this group? Um wanted to uh, ask a question actually around how do we figure out our own authentic selves and I think a lot of things I hear especially with some of the clients they're like well I don't know who I am I don't know you know because we're we're constantly in this in this world where Instagram tells you have to be one way and then you go and work for a company and the company says these are our values and this is how you should be act change da 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 how do you find your own authentic version of yourself? Winnie, I'm going to come to you on that one. Um, so that's a very interesting question. I mean, I don't, I'm sure there's a, there's a scientific way to do this. <laughs> I'm sure people have, have done studies into this and there's a lot of literature out there about this. But as you were asking and as, as you were um, speaking, I was thinking, you know, maybe just get yourself in a space, strip yourself of every of everything that might influence, like, you know, stop going on Instagram just for, you know, a few minutes and then make a list of the things you like and you don't like. Think of specific things, you know, colors, food. Um, just ask simple questions. You know, do I like red or do I like black? Like, just make a list of the things you, that you like and you don't like. And you, you will start having maybe a feeling of belonging to yourself. Like, you know, I don't know, it's, maybe, it's hard to explain. Um, but, you know, you see uh, the color red and you go, oh, I like that. So it's, you know, that's you being authentic so that whenever you go into a store and you want to buy, I don't know, a jacket and the lady is helping you out and they're saying, you know, maybe the green would be nicer. But, you know, I like red better. So I will take red. That's, you know, being true to yourself to what you like and you don't like. So I, that's how I would maybe go about doing that. 
Yeah, I really like that. Um, Emma, let me come to you now. Yeah, I, th- I think it's really interesting because I think we have this perception that our authentic self is this one fixed thing. And I really strongly believe that it isn't. Because my authentic self when I go home to my parents' home is not my authentic self when I'm I'm out for dinner with my girlfriends, is not my authentic self when I'm trying to coach my son through his maths homework that he doesn't want to do. You know, those those authentic selves are are different things. And I think it's a mistake to think that your authentic self when you go into your career is the authentic self that's going to be you when you come out the other end. I don't think that's the case at all. And I think that slightly fixed mindset. So I think if you can think about your authentic self as something that's constantly evolving and changing and developing, you're going to have a great deal more success and you're going to be more comfortable through the process. Because it's like, um, there's some research about provisional cells. Ibira um, Hamina, who's an amazing researcher, has looked in this idea about trying on a new self. It's like, okay, well, if I want to do that or get there, then I might need to up my game in this area so it might be communication or it might be analysis or whatever it might be it's like well I'm going to try on that kind of personality and see what fits and then the process is you keep what suits and you jettison what doesn't work so it's a kind of you're always trying and like oh okay well maybe I'm going to have a go at this and does it work yes or no and you you get rid of the stuff that doesn't work for you and you keep the good stuff but this is constant iteration of your authentic self it's not the same it's not fixed you can change it as you go through your career Emma I'm gonna have to ask you are you in the same room as me because every time you I write something down and then you say the word so I put constantly evolving down and then you said it so I'm gonna see I have to check my my apartment to make sure you have cameras around here Caroline I'm gonna come to you on that as well now yeah, I love that. I love that. It, absolutely. We're constantly evolving and thinking about that growth and, and where do I want to be and what does that mean for me? Um, so it's just, yeah, it's so cute, so important. Um, and I think, you know, if, if somebody's struggling and thinking, who am I? There are two things that come into my mind. One is what's getting in the way of being able to answer that question? So what are the beliefs? What's going on? It's a wonderful coaching conversation to have with someone. Okay, so what is getting in the way? And then when you kind of got that and you kind of work through that, then looking at what's truly important to you. So like really was saying, like being able to tune in and really that comes down to values. So what are those things that you truly value? And they, they, can, be, they can be really broad. But when we live in alignment with those, then that's, for me, that's really authenticity as well. Knowing that every day, what I'm doing in different parts of my life, I'm able to live in alignment with those values. Then that's a real source of satisfaction and joy, in my view, and, and a really authentic way of being. So I think looking at those two things really helps. Emma? I think one of the things that is really key is about giving ourselves space. I think what what Winnie and Caroline have both said is that, and what I find with my coaching clients is, unless we give ourselves space to think about who we are and kind of set those boundaries to say, this is me, this is what I believe in, this is what I stand for, this is what this is what I want to talk about. Unless we give ourselves space to actually really think about that, it probably will be pretty hard to define who you are but we're so busy there's so much going on we have so much stimulation we have so much that we're responsible for all the time that we never give ourselves the space that we would give other things to to really think about who we are and what we stand for so 
for me, I think a lot of the time is just giving clients the space to kind of go, okay, I give you permission to go and be really self-indulgent in a good way and think about yourself for the next however long it takes. Winnie. Yeah, so that's very interesting what you just said, Emma, because it um, it got me thinking about creativity and being authentic as well. Uh, it also brings out your creativity, right? And unless you have that mental space and the right environment, your creativity is shut down. So you're unable to be your authentic self many of the times as well because of that, because you're not able to bring out all that creativity and put it into whatever it may be, right? So yeah, I I definitely, definitely agree with um, the space thing because I find that my creativity usually comes out when I decide to shut down from the world. Caroline, I wanted to ask you a question actually, and if it's okay, are there any themes that you've seen with your clients when it comes to being authentic? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I think, um, and actually it's a word that Emma just used before, they start to set boundaries. So when people start to be able to set boundaries and say, this is this is where I stand, this is what's important to me, this is what I say yes to, this is what I say no to, this is my line, they are being true and authentic. And women struggle so much often to set boundaries. And when you bring it back to authenticity, I think then it really helps to say, if you're not saying what's okay with you and what's not okay with you, you are not being authentic. You're not letting the world know what's important. So when people step into their authenticity, when they really get that alignment and, and, can, and listen to their inner wisdom, that's an output of see, is that people start to set their boundaries. Um, and I think also things like clarity, alignment is a word I think as well, it was comes on a theme, people fit what they say, do, think is aligned because uh, they're feeling more authentic. And, and, the, and then the, the converse is true. So when you're not feeling authentic, there is, there's a mismatch and you start to kind of hear contradiction, see contradiction. Um, so it's always a good watch out in coaching conversations to, kind of to, to challenge people on. Um, but yeah, so I think that alignment, clarity of like, this is what I'm about, this is what's important to me. And then I think that's evidenced in things like setting boundaries and saying no. Emma? I think, I think, it's, I think it's ever so interesting. I think one of the things I think is becoming clearer for me is that women find it a bit harder once they once they become mothers to really switch their focus back to thinking about themselves because we're we, we want to kind of like give mode and when, when we're working we usually we're giving to our teams we're giving to our organization it's all about what can I add what can I add what can I give and the the, the finding your authenticity is about turning that around and giving yourself some time to say what do I really want What's really important to me? What do I care about? And having that time to kind of just think about that and giving yourself the permission to say, no, I don't want that in my life. I don't want that kind of stress or I don't want that kind of relationship or I don't want to be communicating in this kind of environment. That can be quite a hard thing to, to sort of get your head around, let alone your heart around um, when you become a parent. I think it's it, it, there's a, flip, a switch that gets flipped and then it's your, your, it's almost like your receive is broken. You're like your permission, you're giving yourself permission to say, okay, I want these things in my life. Therefore, I need to be like this in order to create that reality for myself. So I think it does get harder once you're a parent. And Emma, I wanted to ask you as well. Um, I know you've talked a lot about voice and kind of the energy, 
But I wanted to ask a bit more of a direct question here and um, the others can kind of chime in. I'm sorry if you can hear that. There's an aeroplane going over me as I ask you this question. Um, Doing it via Zoom is always challenging, right? Um, How do you find, you know, people listening now, how do you find your authentic voice? Okay, so it's two, there's two elements to this. Uh, One is focus and the second one is energy, which I spoke about earlier. So focus, first of all, when we stand up to speak, we want to be thinking about where is our focus? So if our focus is on ourselves, oh my God, I've got to get this right. This is really important. Oh, they're going to ask me about that page and they're going to ask about those statistics and I'm going to fluff up that thing or I never get that word right or any of those kinds of things. Our focus and our energy is internal. We're focusing it on ourselves and we are worried about the attention that we're going to get, i.e. everybody's looking at me or listening to me. And that's the wrong perspective. I don't like to use the word wrong, but that's that's the least effective perspective that we can take when we're standing up. A better perspective is what's my intention? What does my audience need from me right now? Why am I speaking about this? What's my expertise? How can I help them do their jobs better? Or how can I help them understand this topic better? Or how can I help transform whatever it might be? So what's the purpose? What's your intention for this audience? And then immediately your focus stops being 100% about you and it's starting to focus on the audience because ideally what we want is a split focus. 50% of your attention on you and what you are doing and 50% of your attention on your audience. So first part is focus. And then the second part, as I said before, is that energy. So we don't want the energy in the top half of the body. Everything's going on in the head and your breathing is up here. And when we're anxious and we want something to go really well, our autonomic nervous system kicks in and everything comes up. You know, our heart rate increases, our blood pressure increases, our breathing gets shallow. So it's really about getting that breath much lower in the body like really tuning back into the kind of sort of gut instinct. So if you do yoga or meditation or any kind of breathing practice that can get your breath lower in the body, it's essentially tricking the body and saying, everything's okay. You don't need to worry about this. You've got this, you've prepared, you're sorted. The energy will come down. Your voice will sound better. You'll feel more in control of the material rather than the material being in control of you. So energy much lower in the body. Just a simple thing of making sure your feet are flat on the floor can really, really help. So focus, split between you and the audience, energy much lower in the body, and you will find your authentic voice. And I know people can't see this because they can only hear us. But um, as Emma mentioned there about feet flat on the floor, I moved my feet quickly and put them flat on the floor. Um, Caroline, let me come to you on that one as well then. I always agree with you. Yes, I have always said, just put my feet nice and firm and full and take a nice deep breath. It's, it's amazing the power of these signals, isn't it? Um, so in terms of finding authentic voice, it's like a different kind of routine, I suppose, but it's um, something that I found really useful, and I share a lot with my clients, is the practice of morning writing. And so just sub- subconscious flow, you know, just, just letting it all out. excuse me um and by doing that every day you kind of start to hear and I think that's particularly helpful when we're not tuned into our inner wisdom and our inner voice and knowing what we really feel and think and what is authentically me by doing that and having that tool it's such a simple tool like three pages just stream of consciousness whatever comes out comes out 
you can start to tune into oh it's like oh yeah that's important to me and you don't have to go back to it you don't have to look at it it is just about getting stuff out of your head uh, and and out into the world and I think that's a it's a really simple way to kind of start to hear what the whispers of your heart's desire you know what you really think about things what you're cross about what was floating your boat what's not and it's just a space where you can let it all out that feels very very safe and Winnie I really like that idea, Caroline. I might start using that, actually. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just go with the flow, Lucy. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't really have a technique. Um, I just, what, however I feel in the moment and whatever, you know, I, I feel like I need and I want to do or I don't want to do. That's, that's kind of how I go about it. And it seems to, to work for me, but then again, you know, it, obviously it doesn't work for everyone. So there's, and, and like Emma was saying, I'm not the same person I used to be, I don't know, a year ago, and I'm not going to be the same person in a year's time. So this, this way of going about it might, might change eventually. Like, you know, I might, I'm, I'm going to try Caroline's technique, for example. And I also, and I also did think about my feet now <laughs> when Emma was saying so I'll definitely keep that in the back of my mind as well when um, next I'm doing a presentation at work and I'm, I'm going to think about putting the energy towards the lower um, half of my body more and, and see how 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 I you know how much better that will make my my presentation so uh, yeah I try everything <laughs> and Ladies, thank you so much for this really rich conversation. I have a page of notes from just having this, this podcast recording with you. I wanted to end this podcast with um, a toolbox. So giving people kind of two or three kind of tools that they can go away and go and practice to build up their own kind of authentic self. So um, Emma, is it okay if I come to you first, then I'll go to Winnie and then I'll go to Caroline? Yeah, sure. So let's let's reiterate that put your feet on the floor, because uh, I know lots of people, particularly as we're at home, we're on Zoom. You know, we we cross our legs, we do all kinds of things. And actually, it really throws out the body. Uh, It means we can't breathe deeply, all kinds of things. But we also just feel literally ungrounded. So we're not connected to the floor. So first of all, make sure your feet are really firmly connected to the floor. And you can just like roll your feet around. You can, um, you know, imagine you're pressing your foot into the floor like it was sand. Um, And then you can kind of really feel this connection to to the earth. And that's really important. And then the second thing is breathe out. So lots of people when they're anxious will, they'll have a friend who'll say, just take a deep breath, it's fine. Actually, that's the worst piece of advice you could possibly give, because if you're tense, if you're feeling anxious, you've already got attention around your torso. Now, if you take more air in, you're like a balloon that's just got too much air in now. And the only thing you can do is pop. So actually to release the sort of anxiety or the tension, breathe out, just let all that air out of you. So if you've got your feet on the floor and if you're in any doubt at all, breathe out you'll find that your voice drops a bit further down into your body. It'll sound richer, warmer, and you'll feel like you're more in control of the situation. And Winnie? So um, my, I guess my two advices would be um, meditation. Meditation helps, you know, it's just, it, it puts you in that space that we're talking about where you just in your zone and it, it helps clear your, all that mental pollution for me, at least it helps. So, and it does, and it doesn't have to be like long sessions, you know, you can just do like a 
three minutes, about five minutes, just meditation. And that I think it, it really helps and it helps to put, you know, things in, in, in alignment. Um, and I think as well in alignment, no pun intended, with, with meditation, I think uh, another good one would be introspection. Just practice introspection and um, do it deliberately. And, and you'll, you'll be surprised what comes out of, of introspection. Those, those are my two advice. It's Caroline. Lovely. Yeah, absolutely. agree with all that. It's wonderful advice. Um, so I come back to the morning writing that I mentioned earlier. And if anyone's interested in finding out more about that, it's Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, where she sort of talks about it in quite a lot of depth. But it's a really great way to give yourself space to hear into your authenticity. Um, and I would say practice discernment. So listening in to your body. What does yes feel like? What does no feel like? Do it in the smallest ways. So uh, as Wendy was saying earlier, do I want the red jacket or the green jacket? How does it feel? And then you can build that up to big decisions. What is my inner wisdom? What's my body telling me? And you can and that intuition. And there's some real there's real truth in that. So, so, so that rather than the expectation of the outside world, what's true for you? Um, so you can be really authentic and and listen out for should. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation today, and thank you for joining me on Speak Female. Thank you for tuning in to the Speak Female podcast. I've been your host, Lucy Grimwade. Check out the show notes where you will find contact details for the panellists that have been on this episode today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share across your networks. The more people we can reach, the better. And I will leave you with this. Be curious, be kind, and be the change you want to see in the world. Speak Female soon.